Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. And you need to know something before we jump into it, and that is someone right now is inside me. And I don't mean like a little voice trying to get out, uh, but rather uh, a man has a, a camera up my butt. Also, to be clear, this is not me officially launching my OnlyFans. Rather, I'm getting a colonoscopy. So uh, if anything is wrong in this video, you can blame my team, those horrible, horrible monsters. Making sure you still get uh, a show while I'm at the doctor. Also, I need to drink the two of these over the next like few hours. And uh, according to one person on Instagram, you'll feel fine. And then suddenly it kicks in and your asshole opens a portal to another dimension. The event horizon sucks everything out of that other dimension. And that dimension is made of shit. So here we go. Oh man. It's Time this out poorly. This is like a, a race. Cheers. TikTok, bitch, let's jump into it. If Twitch doesn't get sued for this, I'm gonna be shocked. Whereas a TwitchCon happened over the weekend, a massive gathering and celebration of all things Twitch right after they, they cut the pay for a lot of their big creators. While numerous things went down there, which is something you'd expect since so many people were streaming from this event and all of a sudden you have all these other creators. One of the biggest things that happened and possibly one of the most costly things for Twitch that happened was this. You see Adriana Chechik jump off after winning. And you watch that and you're kind of like, okay, wait, what's happening? Why is she having a hard time moving? Well, apparently she broke her back. Chechik later tweeting, well, I broke my back in two places and I'm getting surgery to put a metal rod in for support today. Send your support. When it rains, it pours. And I am definitely feeling the rain right now. And soon after, the other girl that was in the pit, Edibot, she tweeted, I'm the other girl in the video and a friend of Adriana. She would love to hear from other people who were injured in the same pit. Please DM me if you know anyone else who got hurt. I fell very lightly and still felt a jolt up my back and had pain for the rest of the night. We also saw another creator saying, my friend dislocated her knee in this thing. Creator Swin Diesel tweeting, I was filming from a different angle. The foam pit isn't deep enough, so you really see her bounce off the concrete floor, wishing her a speedy recovery. And it's gonna be interesting to see if more and more creators start speaking out, if all of a sudden other people are claiming injury. And then what happens from there? Do we see a massive lawsuit regarding negligence? Also right now, Twitch is seemingly trying to shift the blame over to Lenovo and Intel, which are both running the booth, with Twitch redirecting news outlets to Lenovo's PR team. But also, I don't know how effective that's gonna be because the event was fucking called TwitchCon. And I imagine people aren't just gonna let them off the hook. And also with this, yes, while some of the people who got into the pit have claimed they had to sign a waiver first, it still doesn't change the fact that no one shut this down after the first person got injured. So you've got this question of, could they have prevented more people from getting hurt as well as a number of other questions, including was this ever safe in the first place based off of how they built it, where there could have even been a legitimate expectation of safety. But ultimately that is where we are. And we'll have to wait to see what happens, see what uh, questions get answered. Uh, and until we do, I'd love, of course, to pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts with this mess? And then Kanye got locked out of his social media over anti-Semitism. I've talked about Kanye's recklessness for years. Still not a sentence that I ever expected to say. I met a spokesperson telling multiple outlets that while his Instagram page is still visible, they deleted content from it. And the restriction could also prevent him from posting, commenting, or messaging on the app. Though the spokesperson declined to say what particular rule was violated. But there, many have pointed to a deleted post Kanye shared that depicted a text exchange between him and P. Diddy, who notably was among the many people who criticized him for those White Lives Matter shirts. And in that text exchange, Kanye suggests that P. Diddy is being controlled by Jewish people. With that also coming after Kanye reportedly made other anti-Semitic remarks that perpetuated Jewish stereotypes during an interview with Tucker Carlson. The American Jewish Committee also calling him out for these comments, saying, Kanye West's week has consisted of incoherent rants laden with racist and anti-Semitic undertones made on the country's top cable news program and 
anti-Jewish posts shared to his 18 million followers on Instagram. These posts are dangerous. But getting restricted from Instagram didn't stop Kanye, who just took the party over to Twitter on Friday night, posting a picture of a 2024 hat, some saying, oh, is this like him talking about his intentions to run for president again? Then sharing a photo of him and Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg and saying, look at this, Mark, how are you gonna kick me off Instagram? After posting that, he quickly got a warm welcome from Elon Musk as Kanye had been off of Twitter for a while. But rather than just saying hi back and maybe going to sleep or doing something else, he then on Saturday tweeted out, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going to DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jews also. You guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. So some, you know, fun, uh, unexpected anti-Semitism and uh, unsurprisingly, that post was removed from Twitter. Though he did just keep going on uh, tweeting who you think created cancel culture, which many interpreted as him suggesting that Jewish people created cancel culture with then tons of people calling him out saying things like, Kanye West is 3 million followers. He just said that he is coming to get the Jews. 6 million Jews were murdered in gas chambers within a human lifetime. People are saying ignore Kanye because he is sick and a clown. They say he isn't serious. These people are deluded, which is part of a thing that's been said for a while, right? Yes, Kanye is struggling with mental health issues, but that doesn't excuse this. People saying things like, is Kanye West mentally ill? Yes. Does mental illness generally lead people to threaten violence against women and Jews? No. I'm sorry for what he's going through, but it's not an excuse for his behavior. And to pretend otherwise is an insult to anyone with mental illness. And all of that leading to the news that he was locked out of his Twitter account on Sunday. But yeah, as of recording, that's where things are. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything other than more of this moving forward. Like it used to be Kanye West would come out of the wilderness, come back on social media and like just kind of cause havoc in anticipation of an album release. But then I think somewhere along the line, he like realized, oh, I can use this as a weapon. And now he enjoys fighting and just the chaos. And why wouldn't he continue to do it? Because as long as he releases like somewhat relevant music, people seem to forgive him. And I don't mean like the people that like the shit that he's saying now. I'm talking about the people offended by it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what, what excuses people make for him. Because he headed down this road a long time ago, but it feels like this man ain't been the same since uh, Obama called him a jackass. And then the situation in Iran is escalating. On Saturday night, hackers apparently took over the state news outlet to send a message to millions of Iranians through their televisions. First flashing a mysterious looking masked figure reminiscent of V for Vendetta, then showing an image of the country's supreme leader enveloped in flames, as well as the faces of Masa Amini, the woman whose death tipped off the protest and three other women killed during the unrest, along with the caption, join us and stand up alongside text criticizing the Supreme Leader. All the while, a song plays with the lyrics, woman, life, freedom, and now signature protest chant. And all this coming the same day the Iranian president, you know, that uh, Holocaust denying piece of shit that we talked about when this first blew up, when he spoke at the University of Tehran, where he decided to calm things down by kindly reciting a poem that equates rioters with flies. But the female students there, those bamps in the audience, they had none of it, ripping off their hijabs and shouting at him to get lost. And all of this followed the authorities finally wrapping up their investigation into Amini's death, where they claimed that it was caused not by beating her head against a car with batons, but rather saying, no, it was a pre-existing medical condition stemming from a surgery that she had when she was eight years old. With the general response being, bullshit. As it appears those lies on their own are not gonna be enough to extinguish the rage that people are feeling right now as the protests continue to sweep the country. And unfortunately, the death toll from clashes between police and protesters as of Saturday reached at least 185, including at least 19 children, according to one human rights group. And this is happening as reports are coming out of Iran that are horrific. There are police attacking students, chasing schoolgirls, even menacing a pregnant woman whose husband pleaded not to hit her. And so as all of this continues, I want to say my well wishes and I want to send good luck 
to those brave demonstrators out there entering their now fourth week of resistance. And then, you know, online banner ads, sidebars, and pop-ups are everywhere from mainstream news sites to less than legal torrent hubs. Most are just colorful distractions, but some are malvertising ads created to infect your device with malware and viruses. So how do you block these dangerous sites and get peace of mind? Well, that's where our fantastic partner and sponsor of today's show, NordVPN, or more directly, nordvpn.com slash phil comes in. Right, an attacker will create a convincing advert containing hidden lines of malicious code and find a way to feature their content on a legitimate site. And then when you click the ad, you'll be directed to a dangerous server from which the rest of the attack will be launched. But with NordVPN's threat protection service, you can block dangerous sites and limit advertising, giving you a cleaner, safer browsing experience. But also slow down and exercise some caution. A healthy dose of skepticism will go a long way to keeping yourself secure. But hey, protect yourself from malvertising and head on over to nordvpn.com slash phil to get a huge discount off a two-year plan and wait for it four extra months free. It is seriously an incredible deal, so remember that it's nordvpn.com slash phil. It's all risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. And then, is social media a good poison? Right, we already know that social media takes a toll on our mental well-being. Everyone shouts this from the rooftop while also injecting it directly into their veins. Numerous studies linking it to depression, anxiety, and loneliness. We get finding after finding showing frequently online people are generally less happy than those who spend more time away from their screens. But, it can also be a tool to combat those very things. And given that today is World Mental Health Day, I figured we could dive into this a little more. There are billions of views on mental health related hashtags on TikTok alone. And so rather than just me talking out of my ass, like I love to do, cause it's just so fun. I figured we should reach out to mental health experts and actually talk about this idea that social media is rotting our brains, but that there's also a benefit that it can be used to actively fight against that and for us to better ourselves. Right, we have Dr. Melissa Shepard. She's a psychiatrist and therapist who's active online herself with over 1.5 million followers on TikTok. She posts educational videos as well as content about her own struggles. And while she noted the obvious consequences to social media, she also said it can open doors. It allows us to connect with people who might know what we're going through. And Dr. Shepard says she posts in hopes sharing her story might help others feel less alone. I feel like if I can say, you know, hey, I haven't always felt okay. Things have been rough. Like it can happen to anybody. I hope that what that does is destigmatizes these issues for other people. And the idea that people might use this as a springboard to go and get help is a huge motivator for a lot of creators in this space, including mental health professionals. Though, notably, this is not a process without its complications. As places like the University of Texas Health Center at Houston have noted, social media has led to a lot of people diagnosing themselves with mental health disorders. And this can lead tons of people falling down unhelpful Google rabbit holes that might further increase their anxiety or lead them in the wrong direction. And as Dr. Pamela Rutledge, a media psychologist, explains people have an inclination to see themselves in other issues, and that can lead to issues with self-diagnosis. We have a natural cognitive bias, the way our brain works, to think that everything is like us and some you know so so a lot of this oh that's just like me is really a cognitive bias but at, at the same time if someone is self-diagnosing it can be dangerous if they then also self-medicate or if they self-prescribe treatments which is why with all of this it is recommended to seek professional help if you think you're struggling because as dr shepherd explains i've had to go through so much training to be able to diagnose people and it's because some of these disorders are really, really complicated and because there's so much there's so much overlap. So I think that can be a struggle no matter where you're getting the information from. I think self-diagnosis in general is probably better thought of as like increasing your self-awareness. And that's something Dr. Rutledge touched on as well, right? You can use this to become more aware of your feelings, but you need to ask questions with a professional, explaining that not everyone who feels down is depressed and not everyone who feels nervous is anxious. And one TikTok probably can't tell you the difference. It's really, you know, great to become aware, great to have more self-awareness, to ask yourself questions. How do I feel? All of that is great. 
but then don't just rely on your interpretation of somebody else's interpretation of a mental dis- illness. You know, that's sort of like telephone game. And that telephone game can lead to muddled understandings of what certain disorders are, which is why Dr. Shepard and others really drive home. You can't just see something online, decide you have a certain disorder and call it a day, or rather you can, but it's not gonna be good. And once again, it's not to shit on the whole thing. I think social media can be a good first step to getting help. So if you see a video that resonates with you, you know, say it's about ADHD and you're like, hmm, this really sounds familiar. Um, I can kind of relate to this. I wonder if I might have ADHD. That can be a really valuable starting point in helping you say, okay, maybe this is something I need to get more information on. Maybe it's something I can reach out to my doctor and talk about. But I do think there's something that clicks in your brain when you see, okay, this other person just listed out all of these things that I've always struggled with my entire life and they gave it a name. And that's incredibly powerful to have like an understanding of what could possibly be going on. And so my hope is that those people would then take that information and reach out to someone. Which actually brings us to the question, why do people turn to TikTok and social media for mental health solutions in the first place? Well, for young people, it's kind of where they go for everything. I mean, Gen Z is increasingly turning to TikTok as a search engine over Google. And on top of that, for people in the United States, it's not always easy to come by affordable quality healthcare. Young people also see social media as a page one. It's scary for a lot of people to reach out and like take that first step, especially if you're not really sure what's going on, you're not really sure if you need the help, like, it can be a little bit less scary, kind of like dipping your toe in the water to kind of investigate some of this stuff on social media on your own. TikTok can also be more personal than other forms of media. As you stumble across videos on your For You page, yes, it was made to reach the masses, but it can almost feel like it was specifically designed for you. On TikTok, people are talking to you. It isn't like you're listening to someone in an interview and they're looking at, you know, the interviewer, they're looking right at the audience, which makes it feel very personal. And there are pros and cons to this media being very snackable. Good news is that you can get something very simple and understandable. Bad news is that sometimes that is out of context. And so if you don't have a larger picture, you can make mistakes or misjudgments about what that means. Which is why a key thing is that people need to be aware of what they're reading and where their information comes from. But the good thing is that the more people see discussion about mental health online, the more comfortable they might feel to join it. Gen Z has a pretty amazing sense of dark humor. And I think that comes out on TikTok quite a bit. Um, But it does take away some of the power and the sting from some of these really horrible illnesses that can really do a whole lot of damage to people um, by saying like, hey, we're actually, we're bigger than you. We're we're able to joke about you. We're able to joke about the traumatic things that we've been through. But ultimately that is where that story and actually today's show ends. I'd love to know your thoughts on this one or really anything else stood out to you today. As always, thank you for watching, like, and being subscribed to my daily dives into the news. Also, if you want to be up to date, I got you covered here and here with these videos. But as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love your faces and I'll see you tomorrow.